Welcome to the Radiant Life Church Podcast. You're about to hear a message that we pray will inspire your heart and challenge your faith. For more information on RLC, please visit myrlc.family or check us out on social media. Have a blessed day. Now here's your message. Well, this morning... uh not only did we have a little bit different of expression of ministry with our students this morning, uh, but also uh, we have the opportunity to hear from one of our pastors uh, who is new to our staff, and she'll explain a little bit of her role and what that looks like. But man, what a privilege we have this morning to be able to sit down, take some notes, lean in to what the Word of God has to say with next steps here at Radiant Life Church. So can you do me a favor and can you welcome preaching here at Radiant Life Church for the very first first time, our Connections Pastor, Emily Warda, as she brings the word this morning. Well, good morning. How are we feeling this morning? Listen, I'm just saying it's not fair that they did that before I came up here. I'm a little hormonal and emotional, so that was not really fair. So let me compose myself for a second. Um, And I feel like I should give a disclaimer this morning. Uh, First service, I was huffing and puffing a little bit, and I sound like I'm out of breath. Um, Well, let me just say I have this disorder. It's called babies on my diaphragm. So if I sound like I'm running a marathon, know that that is why. So, (laughs) but I am okay. I can breathe for the most part. But like Pastor Lance said, um, I am the Connections Pastor here at Radiant Life, and I have thoroughly enjoyed the last four months here. It's honestly really crazy how fast time is flying. I know most pregnant people don't say that time is flying, but it truly is. And I have enjoyed being on staff, but some of you may or may not know this, depending on how long you've been around this church, but I, this is actually my second time on staff here. Um, So I was here for like a three-month stint in 2019. Um, So some of you may not have even seen me or known that I was here, but I was for a couple of minutes. And so we like to make fun of that. I wasn't fired, I promise. I I actually just, God opened some doors and I ended up, um, it was inevitable. I just knew it was God that he was calling me to move to Pennsylvania. And um, I went there and I got a husband out of it. So I'm going to say that it was probably the right decision. And so we were there for a couple of years. I met, I met Phil, who was up here leading worship. And uh, we were, on, we were um, at a church there in Philadelphia. It was a really good time. But then uh, about a year ago, Pastor Lance and Pastor Angela are like, so when are you going to come back? And I was like, I don't know. There's just like so many things going on. And, and then they finally were like, hey, you really should come back. And so we came back. I'm not sure why they asked me. Maybe it's because I married someone with the voice of an angel. And honestly, we're a package deal. So they had no choice. I was coming too. Um, but so when we were coming back, we knew that there would be some housing situation because you've probably heard us talk about the duplex that the church purchased for part-time staff. And so when we decided that we were going to come on staff, they, um, they were like, well, listen, it's not ready yet. You need to give us a couple of months. And we were like, okay, well, we don't really want to do like a month to month rent situation. That doesn't sound like fun. So my parents were like, why don't you move in the basement with mamaw? 
So we moved all of our stuff into one bedroom downstairs with Mamaw, and that's been really fun. Um, <laughs> it truly is. I must say, I love watching Westerns every day. It's awesome. And she does have good treats. And if you know my dad, Andy Howard, I am originally a Howard, which all hundred of them go here to RLC. So you may see some of us here in, uh, now and then. But um, if you know Andy Howard's cooking, I'm not suffering. You all thought that I was 35 weeks pregnant. It's actually just biscuits and gravy that I had this morning. Um, but yeah, so it's been really, really fun. And uh, in the meantime, we've been working on this duplex, trying to get it ready, you know, trying to race the clock, get it ready before the baby is born. And uh, I just want to say, if you have helped at the duplex, I just want to say thank you from the bottom of mine and Phil's hearts. It means so much that people who barely know us even are out there spending their time cleaning and painting and cleaning. I don't even know what some of this stuff is. It's on, I mean, there's no name for it. I mean, there, it has been interesting. Um, but we just want to say thank you. It means so much to us. That said, how many of you have ever done a house renovation? Okay, so this is my first real experience, and uh, I don't know what it is about a house renovation. It is, every time you walk in there, you think, have I made any progress at all? I mean, Phil and I will be there from morning to evening, and I will, my dad will ask, so what did you get done? And I'm like, I honestly don't know. I don't think we got anything done, because sometimes it just feels like it's taking so long. You don't really see progress. It's like no matter how many times you wipe down the walls, there are cobwebs places, there's stuff on the floor. You know, you paint, and you're like, oh, I missed a spot. I mean, it just feels endless sometimes. But how many of you know that we're also, much like this duplex, we are works in progress? We are all projects. We are all renovations. Some of us are work in progress more than others, okay? But we are all works in progress. And in scripture, we would call that sanctification, okay? We are all working towards something. And I think something about being at, you know, in this process of renovating is it can be overwhelming. Sometimes you walk in that door and you're like, I don't even know where to start. I mean, now we have a couch in there, so I'm probably just going to spend most of my time sitting there thinking of the things that I need to do before I even do it. Because it's just sometimes it's so overwhelming, you don't know what the next step should be. Well, today we're going to talk about your next steps as a follower of Jesus who is a part of his church. Are you with me? All right. So, you may or may not know this, okay, but you have two bodies, okay? And I'm not just talking about the other pregnant women in the room. I know there's a ton of us right now. Everybody's pregnant. I don't know. There's something in the water. But it's not just if you're pregnant, there are two of you, but you have two bodies, one being your physical body and then one being the church body that you are a part of if you call yourself a follower of Jesus. And let me tell you that you are responsible for both of those. You are responsible for your own physical body and you are responsible for the body of Christ that you belong to. So today, first, I want to talk about your individual body and what that looks like when you are walking with the Lord. Because walking with God requires that you take steps towards holy living. 
And I want to emphasize that I say steps. It doesn't mean you just are holy, but it means that it requires that you take steps towards holy living. So I want to read a scripture verse found in Colossians 1, 9 through 12. And this is what it says. For this reason, since the day we heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you. And this is Paul talking to the church in Colossae. He said, we continually ask God to fill you with the knowledge of his will through all wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives. So that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and please him in every way. And this is not to say that you are to be worthy because none of us are, but that your life should reflect a constant transformation that is leading to holiness. Bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might, so that you may have great endurance and patience, and giving joyful thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of his holy people in the kingdom of light. And so that kind of summed up is, as we learn his way, we will do what pleases him, and that is live a life of total devotion. And that's not saying a life of total perfection, but a life of total devotion. You see, we are all called to live in relationship with Jesus, and that means going deep with him. You see, I think there are a lot of people that say that they love Jesus, but they know nothing about him. And they do nothing to know anything about him. You see, if you don't go to church, you don't read your Bible, you don't worship, you don't talk like you believe in Jesus, if you are, you know, if you are not conducting yourself like a follower of Jesus, then I would wonder how do you even love someone that you're not taking time to get to know? You see, Scripture in John 4.24 says to worship him in spirit and in truth. And worshiping God in truth requires biblical revelation and understanding, not just feelings and our beliefs about him. It requires biblical revelation and understanding. I love this quote by this guy. His name is Pastor Sam Storms. I don't know who he is. He's a pastor in Oklahoma. But I was like, I can't say it better than him. So I don't know his credentials, but I verify that this is a good quote. So, so listen up. It's really good. It says, genuine Christ-exalting worship must never be mindless or based in ignorance. It must be doctrinally grounded and focused on the truth of all we know of our great triune God. To worship inconsistently with what is revealed to us in Scripture ultimately de degenerates into idolatry. So you could be worshiping someone, but if you don't know who God is, are you worshiping God at all? And now this is not to say that if you are new to the faith and you're like, I don't know nothing. I showed up one day, I gave my life to Jesus. It was awesome and I'm here. This is not to devalue your worship unto him. That still is legitimate. I'm not trying to illegitimize that. However, if you have been a follower of Jesus for some time, there is no excuse for you to not be deeper in your faith and your relationship with him than you were at the very beginning. 
We all should be growing because Jesus paid such a high price to be in relationship and communion with each and every one of us. But the thing is, is that in order to engage in that relationship, it requires effort. And I don't know about you, but I don't like things that require any effort. If I'm going to be honest, I'm a naturally lazy person. I'm going to be totally honest. And the Lord has to work in me to make me a disciplined person. And I think I'm get, I get the hang of it, but it's hard. It's not always easy to make an effort to do what God has called me to do. But you see, because you see, taking steps in your personal growth requires time, focus, and intentionality. So I want you to consider how can you grow in your faith? Well, there are some really practical things that you can do. One, find yourself a mentor. If you are not being mentored by someone, find someone that you say, I want to be like that person. Or there are things or qualities about that person that I admire and I would love to have that for myself. Read your Bible. I know that is like, we hear that all the time, but truly, if you want to hear the voice of God, do you know where that's located? In the Bible. So if you want to know what God thinks, what God's character is, what God says, you have to open the book. Spend time in worship. There's so many things that you could do to enhance and deepen your relationship with him, but it requires effort. So next I want to talk about your other body, the church. See, because I think this is something that maybe we don't talk about enough, but you don't just belong to God you belong to a people. You do not just belong to God. You belong to a people. If you have accepted Jesus into your life, you belong to a people. And as a people, we belong to a mission, and each of us are called to this body for this season. If you call RLC your home church, you belong to this body. And you see, we see this concept of the body of Christ all throughout Scripture, or this idea of a church or one organism all throughout Scripture. In the Old Testament, God is always talking about his people, the Israelites. It's a people, not an individual. In the New Testament, Paul, I think oftentimes we take this as like, oh, he wrote that just for me. Paul wrote this just for me. But the thing is, is he was writing to churches, There are very few instances where anybody was written to as an individual, but it was to a body. And many Christians have abandoned this idea of the body turning Christianity into something that is totally individualized. See, when God has called us to be one body that has many parts. And you see, I want you to think about it like this. So if God calls us the body, they're like perfect parallels. It's almost as if God knew what he was doing when he created the human body and then referred to the church as the body. It's almost like he had some forethought, you know? Um, but when you think about a body, there is blood circulating all throughout the body at all times in order to keep it alive. Well, here's the thing. So if each of us are a part of the body of Christ, and if we are not functioning as we should, and there's not proper blood flow, if each part is not both consuming and contributing blood flow, then what happens? That part of the body dies. 
And so as each of us play an individual part of the body, we need to both consume in the church, but also contribute to the church. And that means contributing to the mission of the church. So I want to read some scripture here for a minute. Um, and it's a little, it's a lot, but listen, it's God's word and I can't say it any better. So I'm just going to read it. Okay. So stay with me. First Corinthians 12, 12 through 27 says there is one body, but it has many parts, but we, but all its many parts make up one body. It is the same with Christ. We are all baptized by one Holy Spirit. And so we are formed into one body. It didn't matter whether we were Jews or Gentiles, slaves or free people. We were given the same spirit to drink. So the body is not made up of just one part. It has many parts. You are the body of Christ. Each one of you is a part of it. Then I want to read Ephesians 4, 11 through 16. And it says, So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers to equip his people for works of service. So it's not just pastors and leaders doing all of the work, but we are one machine working together. And then it says, so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity of the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. And I want you to note how much it talks about growth and maturity in these verses. It says, then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people and their deceitful schemes. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head. That is Christ. Each of us are called to grow up in him. Amen? Myself included. Some of us, we got to grow up, right? From him, the whole body joined and held together by every supporting ligament grows and builds itself up in love as each part, as each part does its work. And I love that God chose to refer to the church as, his, as, as the body. You see, the human body is the most spectacular thing that God ever created. And I love that God's final revealed creation was the body, his church. But I often wonder if the world, as they watch this body, I wonder if they see us limping around. Do you ever think about that? Do they see this beautiful whole body that is working towards the mission of Christ? Or do they see us limping, just trying to hang on for dear life? You see, I love one of our sayings here at RLC. It says, you either grow daily or you die gradually. And this is true as, the, as it is with the physical body, that if you do not exercise a certain part of the body, if you are not moving it, it will weaken and soon deteriorate just like the human body. We are called to be active as the church. We are called to be set apart, not sit on the sidelines. So I want to ask you today, are you ignoring a step that God wants you to take to keep your part in the body active? Another thing about the church body is that 
there's serious interdependence between every single part, both the physical body and the church body. And so if you think, well, this limb could just function on its own. No, it cannot. If the body is not cooperating together in unison, then the whole body is off. It's off. It's not working like it's supposed to. See, if you ever suffered from any type of health issue, you know how frustrating it is when your body or one part of your body is not cooperating, right? It's frustrating. And I know that this is kind of a silly example because, I mean, this is, this is minor and this is not, you know, you've probably heard me complain about it at this point if you're around me enough, um, just because I hate the diet. But um, about 30 weeks pregnant, I was diagnosed with um, gestational diabetes, among a couple of other things. And while these are manageable, it is really frustrating that my body will not do what it's supposed to. All I want is a bowl of ice cream and my blood sugar to be normal. But unfortunately, this is just not the case. <laughs> and I don't know about you, but I just get so frustrated and consumed that my body is not functioning properly. And you know what this does? This distracts me from a lot of things. You know, instead of like thinking about, you know, I'm so excited to hold this baby of mine. I'm like thinking, okay, what can I get away with eating tomorrow? Oh, I have to go grocery shopping. I'm complaining to Phil that I'm just hungry and I just want to eat normal food. And the thing is, is now I have to compensate for this part of my body that's not doing what it was made to do. And here's the thing. I wonder if there are, we are wasting energy as a church because there are certain parts of our body that are not doing what they're supposed to be doing. So the church, there are certain members of the church that have to compensate for the lack of effort being provided in other areas. And so we're exhausting ourselves just trying to stay alive instead of exhausting ourselves trying to fulfill the mission that God has called us to as a church. You see, we have volunteers in this church. Listen, RLC has the best volunteers. And I just have to say that. Amen? Oh, we can clap for that. Yeah, we can clap for that. But here's the deal. I know, and I know this because I have siblings that are some of them. But there are some people who serve in almost every area of ministry in this church. They volunteer on every team almost every single week. And I wonder if that is because there are certain parts of this local church body that has to compensate because there are people who are not serving at all. And so those roles have to be filled. So we have parts of our local church body that have to compensate and fill in those gaps because there are people who are not engaging in ministry in this church. Now, obviously, I want to just say, if you are in a season where you need to rest, and so that's why you're taking a break, listen, I get it. And I'm not, I'm not illegitimizing that need. If you need to take a rest, if you came out of a bad church situation, if you just have a lot of things going on, health issues, family issues, it's okay to take a break from serving. But I'm just making a point that if we are to be a church body that we are called to do, then every part has to fulfill its function and its calling. You see, how you contribute to the body, and I'm not just talking about RLC, but how you contribute to the body is a reflection of how much you have allowed Jesus to transform you and your heart. 
See, we are one body and we should all be taking active steps to grow, not only for ourselves, but to contribute to the overall church body. We should be discovering and deploying our gifts, not just leaving that up to our students. Because I'm sure that there are some adults in this room that have been sitting on an anointing or a gifting that we have not tapped into and we are letting our students show us up. And I would just want to challenge you that if that is you, I would pray about that and ask God, okay, God, maybe I've been sitting on this. Maybe I need to show up this time. You see, I just want you to ask yourself, what light has God put inside of you that maybe you are covering up? See, there is a next step waiting for each and every one of us. Whether you are a new believer or you are a mature believer, there is a next step for me. There is a next step for every pastor. We should all be growing and pursuing this holiness. We should all be growing and contributing to this mission that God has called us to as individuals and as a church body. However, we must live in a way where we choose to be intentional about that. This is not to eliminate God's influence or his leading in our life. However, we are not robots and we have to make decisions. God leads, but we choose to obey or not. You see, it's not good enough just to have good intentions. It's not good enough to want to serve. It's not good enough to want to do this or want to do that. But we must obey. And here's the thing. Obedience to God is extremely underrated, even in the church. You know, I know so many people who just drag their feet, not sure, not trusting, unsure of, you know, will God, will God pull me through? And listen, I'm guilty of the same thing. Sometimes it doesn't add up. Sometimes it doesn't line up. You know, even the fact that I'm speaking right now, you know, in high school, asked Pastor Lance and Pastor Andrew, I was awkward. I didn't even do stuff at Fine Arts, really, because I was too shy. So something like this doesn't really add up. It doesn't really line up. But when you walk in obedience, God shows up, right? And so I'd want to encourage you to maybe see, okay, maybe if I obey, let's see God come through. You know, because... While it doesn't, it doesn't necessarily get easier when you obey, life gets better and life gets fuller when you live and walk in obedience. So I wanna ask you, what are some steps that maybe you're supposed to take today that makes you not just a consumer in the church, but a contributor in the church? And listen, I am a fan of baby steps. So if it's a baby step, it's a baby step, but it is a step. And as you take steps towards becoming a healthy individual and a healthy part of the body God will provide because God is not only calling you as a person but he is calling us as his church and there is a lot of work for us to be done but it we need all of us we need all of us so if you're unsure of what your next step should be I'm going to read a whole list so get out your pen and paper get out your phone and write these down because these are good possible next steps for you. So I'm going to start off strong because everybody loves this one. You could start by tithing. <laughs> I know everybody's like, mm. listen, this is the one place in scripture where God says, test me. 
And listen, I've never known someone who gave even when they were in need and God did not provide. Never. I've never known someone like that. I remember in college giving a dollar because that was my 10% and God has provided for me. So maybe God is calling you to tithes for the first time. Maybe that's your next step. Maybe your next step is missions. We talked about it earlier, whether that's giving or going. Maybe God is wanting to show you a different side of his church, which is, happens all around the world. Maybe God is saying, I wanna show you something you've never seen before and you can't see in your backyard. So I'm gonna take you somewhere else. Maybe God is calling you to mentor someone. I know we've got people in here that have a wealth of wisdom that's not being used. Is God calling you to mentor someone? Is God calling you to teach a class? Whatever it may be, is God calling you to do that? Because listen, a testimony, your struggles in life are never wasted if you use it as a ministry tool for God's glory, never wasted. But you can waste the horrible things you've gone through if you never share your victory on the other side. You could join a small group. I know those things are ending, I know, but you could make it a point. Next time we have life groups, I'm gonna join. You could start serving at First Friday. It is the easiest thing to serve at and it gives you eyes to see your local community and get outside of your comfort zone. You could open your home to hospitality. Listen, some of the best ministry that I've ever been a part of or ever received from was when someone invited me to their house for dinner. And it didn't matter if their house was all put together. It didn't matter if they were great cooks. Cause listen, when you, like I said, if you know Andy Howard, no one is a better cook. So listen, I'm a food snob. I'm probably gonna judge you if you cook me food. I probably shouldn't say that. No one's gonna invite me to dinner. But, um, <laughs> But I'm just saying some of the best ministry happens inside the home. So maybe God is calling you to invite people over. Maybe it's starting your own ministry. Maybe God is calling you to be creative and think outside the box. Maybe God is calling you to take your ministry field at work more seriously. Maybe he's saying you've been coasting, you clock in, you clock out. Maybe people know you're a Christian, but you're not intentional at all. And maybe God is calling you to be intentional. You know what that looks like? That means making goals, planning conversations in your head. I'm gonna reach out to this person today. I'm gonna talk to this person today. I'm gonna make sure this comes up in conversation because I want to be intentional about this person. Maybe it's joining us for midweeks. Midweeks are a great time and a great opportunity, one, to grow in community, but two, also just grow in your knowledge of Jesus. It's a great time to not only learn from your pastors, but learn from other people that you go to church with. So maybe it's midweeks. Maybe you gotta sign up for midweeks. Maybe it means you start attending more than you miss. Because listen, we are not called to do this alone. I think we made that clear this morning that we are called to be a part of the church body. But if you are not in church with other believers, how is that even possible? So I would encourage you, listen, I understand people get sick. I understand it's summer, you gotta take vacation. But attend more than you miss so that you're not missing out on what God is doing in his church body. And so that you can take care of your part in this body. And this is my final plug because this is my area. But if you are unsure after this whole list of where you belong or what you think your next step is, I would encourage you to join me for Next Steps this Thursday and we could talk all about it. 
We could dream, we could scheme, you could ask questions about what is your next step? And we could talk about it and it's gonna be a really great time. And listen, it's so convenient. It's over Zoom at seven o'clock. You could be cooking dinner. You could have your kids screaming in the background. You could be driving, you could be at the grocery store. I don't care, but I would love to be able to talk to you about your next steps in the church because that's how much I believe in it. And I really believe that this is God's heart for his church to be fully engaged and present. So what is your next step? Is it personal or is God calling you to take a step within the church? Or maybe it's both. Because I'm sure we've got people even serving in church today who they're lacking in their next steps in their personal development, but they serve every Sunday. But there is a next step for all of us. Or maybe you're here today and you're like, well, I haven't even taken my first step. I haven't accepted Jesus or, or maybe, maybe you have, but you haven't really been living for him in a really long time. And so you need to take that first step. And let me tell you, the first step is the best step. The first step is the very best step. And I wanna give you an opportunity for that today as well. So if every head bow and every eye closed, I wanna give us an opportunity because truly being a follower of Jesus and being a part of his body, the church, is the very best thing for any person. There is nothing better. There is nothing like it. Like I said, Jesus died so that uh, and paid a very high price for us to be in relationship with him. And that is the best news you could ever hear. And if you are here today and you've never taken that first step, you've never accepted Jesus into your heart, and today you want it to be your first step, and then Thursday it can be your next step, but you need to take that first step, I wanna give you a chance today. So if that's you, if nobody looking around, if that's you, if you wanna raise your hand, I wanna pray for you this morning. If you wanna take your first step to follow Jesus today, now's your opportunity. Amen. Oh, church, would you pray with me? Jesus, I thank you for today. I thank you for your word. I thank you that it is, is powerful and it is alive and it speaks to us. God, I thank you that you have called us to be a part of this mission, the church, and the saving of many lives for your glory. And God, I pray that we would not take this calling lightly, that we would recognize that it is the highest calling that there could ever be for any person. So God, I pray that you would right now, your Holy Spirit would be revealing to every heart what that next step would be. And then he would give us the courage, that you would give us the courage to take that next step, whatever it may be. God, we love you. We thank you that your spirit is in this place. God, would you go with us this week? In your name we pray, amen.